0: To rules of the frame, I'm your host Connor Reed, and here's your other host, John Skinner.
1: I was gonna laugh here for a bit, but I I couldn't bring myself to.
0: (laughs) John's just dancing (laughs) off in the corner right now. I'm
1: just dancing very slowly. (laughs) Well, how are you feeling? I'm doing I'm doing yoga behind the curtain.
0: (laughs) Is that what you think yoga is?
1: That's he's doing some weird sort of tai chi dance. I don't know. In this movie, (laughs) okay.
0: All right. Well, for those of you listening in for the first time, we are a film podcast. We pick a subject or theme and explore films related to those topics. Our overall goal is to encourage the general public to view film as more than just a piece of entertainment, but also a piece of art and something to discuss and explore. We're still in the beginning of our retelling or ripoff series, where we are examining films that may be borrowed from previous films or... Maybe they're just paying homage, or maybe just directly taking from it. And so we're doing another recent one. We know we just did one that was this last year, but you kind of have to do it for Joker just with how <laughs> on the nose a lot of this stuff is. Ah, uh, nose, nose. The clown nose? Clown nose. On the clown nose. He doesn't wear a red nose. He does once. At the beginning. oh that's right that is right technically does and at the very
1: weirdly publicly accessible wayne garden wayne man oh yeah garden
0: oh
2: yeah he does and he has the wand
0: yeah that's true well as you can tell we are not alone on this episode (laughs) we have brought on the final member of sweet 25 thatcher rattler what's up
2: (laughs) sorry for the awkward pause there um yeah
0: I'm, i'm here
1: you were trying to decide if you were going to laugh inappropriately as well. <laughs> good point. I could have
0: just, you know, <laughs> that that's would have been great. good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's on the spot. Dude, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, man. And yeah, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes with Luke Hogan and Dan Funk on them, make sure to check them out and make sure to check out Sweet 25 too.
2: Hey, appreciate the plug.
0: Anytime. Hey, that's what we're here for, man. All right. Well, I'll get to start us off with a summary of the film. Arthur Fleck is a street clown in Gotham City. His life is full of misery as he is a social outcast, depressed and continuously beat up by Gotham youth. He gets fired from his job and is assaulted by three young men on the subway, whom he kills. He then becomes a public symbol for attacking the wealthy elite. He performs a horrendous stand-up routine at a local nightclub, and the clip gets featured on his favorite talk show. But instead of praise, they mock him. Arthur finds out that his mother adopted him and lets him get abused by her boyfriends, so he kills her. Arthur gets asked to be on the talk show, and so he starts to prepare as he descends into being the Joker. While prepping, he kills his former co-worker, who got him fired. Tension heats up in Gotham as protesters are taking on the look of the Joker. Arthur has finally snapped and appears on the set in his clown makeup. During the show, he admits to killing the three boys, and then kills the talk show host, Lyot, on TV. He's arrested, but on the way to the station, a full-on riot breaks out, and the clown-garbed rioters break Arthur free. He is sent to Arkham Asylum and escapes by killing his therapist. So, uh, my two words for this film are forced gravitas. I just, like... <laughs> o- overall, There's an awkward laugh. <laughs> overall, I just, like... I feel like this movie is just, like, screaming at me, take me seriously. There's just kind of these, all these elements of it that mm-hmm. I get what the the depths that they're going for. But the way that they just, like, shove it down your throat, to it just feels like it's trying so hard not to be a superhero movie. And trying so hard to push a superhero movie into the realm of, like, Martin Scorsese and mm-hmm. all of those, like, 70s films that to me kind of detracts from what the actual story of it is. Mm -hmm. And I think given a lighter touch would have potentially made it more effective in at least like whatever messaging he's trying to give off, whatever kind of like clear motive, you know, that, that whole sort of thing.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, I mean, for starters, I actually quite disliked the movie the first time I saw it. Mm -hmm. I think I walked out very question, like, questioned a lot of uh a lot of the themes honestly mm. of what is this <laughs> yeah because i think we have all this i mean they've done so many batman stories over the years and so it was such a question mark not that i didn't appreciate like a different take necessarily um but definitely a question mark the first time i watched it mm. now that i've seen it a few times it's grown on me mm. And I'll I'll keep it there, if you want to keep <laughs> but but I agree with you. I think it's it is. There's a lot of things that are overdone, mm-hmm. and they really tried to. Yeah. Did you do your two words? Oh, my two words. Yeah. Uh, you go if you have them, and then I'll think of them. Yeah. real quick. Uh, yeah, minor
1: uh, pointless effort. Because there's a lot of effort. This is not a bad movie technically. Like in terms of how it's made, like there's some quality filmmaking in this, but it's just like. Why? So much of it is so obvious and so unsubtle, and some of the decisions are so contradictory. We'll we'll get into that. I think there's... I agree with you, Creed. It's trying very hard. Take me seriously. And it's almost like the director, he wanted to do a 70s movie, and then he sort of did a a very contemporary story, but in the 70s for no no reason, right? And, And a lot of things like that where you're changing the Batman story... And it's like, but why? Like, what? What are you? What is the point of doing all this? And it just sort of at the end kind of feels completely empty because there's no, there's not a lot of tragedy to it, honestly. Like, there's no like, oh, he fell from some height, or it's just his life sucks, and then he starts killing people and he feels better. I I almost got a sense watching this that like it felt like the story. We'll get into it, but. Feels like the story is told from his perspective, from the Joker's perspective. So it's just like you feel like you're trapped in there with him. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like there's not anything changing.
2: Life sucks.
1: Yeah, you're realizing this vision of this sucky world and this guy's sucky life. Yeah. Very effectively, but then like nothing
2: changes. And so it's pointless. No, that's good. <laughs> get back to the two words. I think it's my my two words are rip-off. <laughs> uh, not that it's a theme thing. I I genuinely think now I'll be I'll explain that. Yeah. But it is rip off because it is
0: 100%. <laughs>
2: 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's and, and not even the movies that we're going to talk about, but there's a lot of movies. Yeah. Not, and not, not in not a bad way as a musician. Mm. I rip off <laughs> everybody I love, okay? <laughs> and anybody that's an artist of anything that Says no, it's totally original. They're full of shit. Okay, <laughs> I mean, period. That's that's kind of where I'll start.
0: <laughs> I I agree. I mean, is it is it Salvador Dali who is like all of the great artists rip or, or all of the great artists <laughs> steal mm-hmm. and get away with it or something? What is it? Yeah,
1: it's something great artists. Steal. This has been it's, this is the punchline.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's been many a time, and I've heard I, I've heard uh, John Mayer say this, but. He's like, honestly, maybe one of the few artists that's a musician that I've heard like explain it perfectly, is he'll be listening to a song, and he'll, to himself say, "Ooh, I want one of those." Like that song. And the way he explains it is like, it's my ability not to be able to do that song that I want that makes me original. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's 70, 30, a lot of it.
1: The phrase is, uh, it's a apocryphal picasso quote but it's uh good artists borrow great artists steal greater artists get dc to pay them to remake
0: king of comedy
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's a nail in the head
0: that's good before we get into our general discussion i'll give us a now in film history joker is nothing new to the screen he is Iterations have been around since the old Adam West movies. There's, you know, Jack Nicholson, of course, Heath Ledger and Jared Leto. And the genesis of this was Todd Phillips had uh, just gotten finished with making War Dogs. He was like, you know, what am I going to do next? I make a lot of movies about groups of people. I want to do just a character study. But then he was sitting out at the premiere of War Dogs. And looked and saw this huge billboard for like an Avengers movie or something. And was like, that's the only way that the movie I want to make is going to get made. So he decides to, you know, do it with a DC villain and says, you know, I want to do this character study. I want to get funded (laughs) for it, though. So I'm going to make it about the Joker. And so he gets started on it and really wants scorsese to produce it and scorsese is like no that's not for me backs out of it and the way I the way that laugh. he pitches it which the weird thing is like he's like man this movie was a struggle to get made which like in some ways every movie every is movie a str- struggle to get made yeah, but i'm like movie, dude you have made the hangover trilogy you've made like all of these hyper successful comedies made tons like, of money. oh too, he's on a, simple films easy millionaire easy millionaire mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just I was always talking about like how much of a struggle it was to get funding for this, even though he's like Warner Brothers baby boy, you know, like 100%. does all this sort of stuff. And so finally, you know, talks them into it by saying it's not part of the DCEU. It's, it's a standalone film. We're going to get Joaquin Phoenix for it, all that sort of stuff. And while all this is happening, Jared Leto is fuming because he's made Suicide Squad. He has put all of. His effort into being his version of the Joker, and when he hears about <laughs> him not being the new Joker, then he gets pissed. And I
2: actually didn't know that. Yeah, I I, I actually didn't follow any of that.
0: Yeah, and so there's rumors about him trying to get the shut down mm-hmm. because he's not a part of it. But there are other people who are close to him who've said like that's not true. Yeah. So it's all up in the air. But yeah, so this movie finally gets made, and. It stirs up a bunch of controversy whenever it comes out, and it both garners a lot of critical acclaim, but also a lot of critical criticism as well, Mm -hmm. which we'll get into, and Mm. yeah, is a lot more successful than Todd Phillips or Warner Brothers ever imagined, which is crazy. makes over a billion dollars, which it's the first R-rated movie to do that.
2: I didn't know that. Yeah. Is it really? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, good job, media. They really blew that one up. <laughs> they did, man. I and I know we'll talk. I'm you yeah. got on the list, but I remember hearing about the film totally based on people saying uh it's too dark. Yeah. It's it's a or it's not a superhero movie or or mar you know or a DC film. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's about Joker. What'd you right. expect? Right. Uh but I, I do remember it being more of a Controversy
0: than than even
2: had nothing to do with the film. This is so funny, but
0: all right, John, what do you think? I mean, I think we've all said that we think this movie is a ripoff, but <laughs> I was a
1: little I was a little say? disappointed by the not really the movie itself, but I honestly thought honestly thought this was going to be you know this is the challenge with this series is like not just picking obvious slam dunk one way or the other, you know, ones that fit in one category or the other, but but hopefully finding some that are Worth debate, and this I thought was going to be that, but no, it's such a slam dunk uh, ripoff that it, yeah, it, it's more going to be talking about why it's a ripoff. I think the the part of this movie that was really stunning to people was the scene where he shoots Murray, right yeah, and that's, yeah. that's supposed to be the stunning climax of this film, but I had had it spoiled for me going into watching this, so once you know, oh yeah, he's going to go on TV and he's going to shoot the guy. It sort of just plods along, and, and it's a series of unfortunate events happening in this guy that are so ridiculous that to me, I know this is a theory I've read after some people have, or like like that this is obviously to me told from his perspective, and it's made up, which makes a lot of the choices that this movie makes very strange, like why are you, okay, if you're going to do a whole movie that's Joker telling himself a story of how he came to be why are you setting it in the 70s Mm -hmm. right yeah why are you doing this weird sort of QAnon style like internet movement similar to what the batman did i think not that that was awesome but like that was slightly more effective at showing like hey these crazy movements can spring up over uh, around these villainous people and kind of go crazy but setting that story in the 70s makes no sense nobody in this movie acts like a human being like, and it's just a series of insults towards this guy to get to a point. Where it's like, yeah, you should sue people. Like, not that we're rooting for him, but it. It's like, yeah, movie, you want me to say he should? He's justified. Like that's the story he's telling, and it it gets annoying because there's no ambiguity. There's no consequences for him losing. You know, becoming
2: the Joker. I mean, I totally. So to clarify, it is filmed
0: in the seventies. Do you mean? The actual oh, like it takes it, place.
2: Yeah, when does it take place? Well, okay, we know
0: he says that it's supposed to be like 1981 or something okay. like that, but an alternate universe. So, because the question like that in this drove me nuts. The first time I saw
2: it was the video of him in the comedy club. It's like present day. Who's yes. got oh, an yeah. iPhone filming his ass? You know what I mean? Like, like that doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, that <laughs> yeah. that to so me, there's there is a confusing it. The, the way it, as far as filming goes, it's like, okay, here's da- it's shot like David Finch would shoot it. It's dark, but you have a confusing timeline. Yeah. The way the subway is shot versus the street. Mm-hmm. Very confusing. Yeah, I agree. There's moments where
1: it's like, wow, this feels like a Scorsese movie set in that time visually, mm-hmm. but it's just because yeah. he's ripping off something else, but it's not consistent. And the world building <laughs> is
2: very strange. The smoking is like, actually, I love that. That's actually one of my favorite things about the movie. <laughs> yeah, is how much smoking? Shot. Well, uh, yeah, it's not that I'm promoting this, but <laughs> it is a. Yeah, there's such texture to it. Yeah, and you know I'm a big Tarantino guy. Yeah. Smoking in films is beautiful. Yeah, the fact that he's ripping a pack while he's visiting his his mom in the hospital <laughs> is just like we did that, people. It's unbelievable. <laughs>
0: Yeah. At one time. Yeah. John, I, I totally agree with you because I do have a lot of gripes with this movie, but I just think whatever angle you look at it from, it doesn't really make sense mm. because if you're looking at it from his perspective, then if this is supposed to be a cautionary tale, then why is it so self-promoting? And why, does mm. it, why is it making him the hero? If it's supposed to be a cautionary tale... Also, same with that. Like, why does it, why does it promote him so much? And I know Phillips has said, like, I want it to be the sort of thing where you're rooting for him until you get to the point where you can't root for him anymore. That's pretty quick. Like, it's, it's pretty quick. Yeah. Like, yeah, the progression is very like,
1: yeah. This is not, this is not Breaking Bad. This is not Breaking Bad where you (laughs) trick yourself into having this development. Very early on, it's like every single person is mean to him. All the time, constantly, the time. Mm-hmm. in ways that are completely inconsistent with wow, how humans act, right? So it's him remembering every slight, right? Because he's a narcissist, and among other things. Then it's like, okay, fine, but you just feel like you're getting shuttled to a conclusion instead of like, there's no, oh, I, I accidentally started rooting for him. It's like, I have no, the movie wants me to root for him, you know? It's forcing yeah.
2: me. Watching it, even this morning, I'm a huge Sopranos fan. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, uh, I just rewatched it with my wife, or I've been rewatching it, and I've seen this show maybe three, three or four times. And that is, you made a great point about loving versus not liking a character. And when you watch Sopranos, you love Tony Soprano. <laughs> he is a narcissist, psychopath, mobster. That kills people, and is terrible. He's awful to his wife, his family, everything. But you know what? You freaking love the guy. This movie is the complete opposite. I mean, it honestly, you knew you knew from the start. It has to be his point of view. The minute he meets the girl, yeah, oh my in the hallway. So, it's you so know ridiculous. That's like, that there's no way. And and I guess maybe at some point, and this is a nitpick. That they show that at the you know the end that she's not there, but it's like duh yeah like yeah, yeah, if, I'm sure mo- there's a majority of people and I know we like films and stuff but like I knew that immediately <laughs> exactly it was so but obvious. I can see people being like oh she she wasn't there that was in his head, but then you're like okay everything's in his head <laughs> what's really real you know which maybe is the purpose I don't really know.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't do it effectively. So, no, like yeah, the I thing, agree. it's okay, not a so... twist.
1: It's not a twist. Yeah,
0: it's not a twist. <laughs> going to the ripoffs. I mean, the two major ones that people were saying was Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, which I mm-hmm. totally agree. And I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was fairly pumped for this movie because I love Joaquin Phoenix and all that. And so I went and mm-hmm. saw it in theaters. And I'm going to go on a little side tangent here, but like, it was a massive theater. Like opening day, there was four other people in the theater yeah, they're with is, me
2: this is 19 right 18 or 19 uh, 19 yeah, yeah 2019 right before you know COVID, it's so before covid yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before it wasn't COVID. like theaters are empty it because been packed, of covid packed, and all that yeah you're right
0: and it was empty except for four people and two of those people left halfway through the movie really but i just remember feeling there was this point like there have been a couple points where i'm like oh you know i kind of get the the conscious of like oh something could happen like someone could walk into the theater and like start shooting people like seriously and this is the first time that i like actually felt it i just remember just like this growing tension and all of the stuff like leading up Mm -hmm. to it and just like i mean not to like not to like project but like you know there's this guy who walked in 30 minutes into the movie who wasn't in the theater beforehand and like i could keep track because there's four of the people in there and he had like You know, his hoodie over his head and like hands in his pockets, and I was like, I legit like freaked out for like a second. Totally, it's happened. What? what, Yeah, it's the fact that
2: it actually happened on the last.
0: The Joker. The Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it was just such a weird tone and just like a weird thing. And I'm like, what? One of the issues is like, I just feel like Todd Phillips is so tone deaf to the world around him. Of. A lot of the ways that he's kind of like portraying things, even the ways that he talks about like defending the movie. Because whenever he's like, oh, anyone who's criticizing this movie hasn't seen the movie. When a lot of these initial criticisms were from the people who first screened the movie, you know? And and I'm like, dude, you, okay, you cannot get that for your film. I get that. Mm -hmm. If you're not looking at this in the cultural sense, then... No. You know, you probably weren't the right person to make this movie. Like, it's, it's like the treatment of things. I'm not, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have made this movie. I'm saying that mm. the unawareness of his response, I think, mm. then garners some of the negative action that is portrayed in this film.
2: Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good perspective on, on pushing the envelope. Yeah. I'm going to bring up Tarantino quite a bit. Because yeah. that's a guy who pushes the envelope. On some very touchy subjects. Mm-hmm. And gets criticism. Oh, yeah. But the subjects he typically attacks, if you look at Hollywood, uh, and I'm saying Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, here's a good story, real quick. My, I saw it with my family. And my mom, who grew up in Southern California, was a little girl when the Manson murders happened. Oh, wow. She walked out of the theater. Because she knows Tarantino films and their, their graphic. And she thought, this is the first time, right. she thought, we're going to see what goes down. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I lived it, I don't want to see it. And we had to go back again and rewatch the movie. Spoiler alert, but it's it's yeah, there's people that struggled with that, yeah. but it in the end it wasn't a it's a revisionist history mindset, which I love Tarantino for. Mm-hmm. Um which in this film it's like you said it's too I mean there's a way to do it and then there's a way not to do it. In this movie and even in recent weeks, you're like, geez, this is just not great, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And even watching it this week before the you know, podcast, it's like <sighs> heavy.
1: It's mm-hmm. not something that he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, it's not like, oh, yeah. like it just sort of accidentally becomes this celebration of mass shooter ideology. Absolutely. Basically. But it's mm-hmm. not meant to be. It's just he's an idiot. It's just like, that's it. That's what this movie is. You know, there's no subversion, you know, King of comedy, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but what's so great about that last scene is he's funny. The standoff is good. There's a tragedy. Yeah. The tragedy Mm -hmm. of he's actually good at this and Mm -hmm, everything. Right. Whereas that contrasts with this, where it's like, he gets on there and he's just a crazy jerk not like he's just completely insane and he's inarticulate and he sounds like he's on 4chan like he's not (laughs) right he's just really angry and then he shoots him and it's not like he has this wonderful articulate even I mean it would be awful but at least it would be something right like like an articulation of whatever uh, of of his pain and it's just like nah it doesn't land it lands like you're an idiot and you don't know what you're talking you know
0: well, also, it it funnels into the whole, like, I mean, Todd Phillips got a lot of backlash because, like, after this movie he came yeah. out, people were like, oh, why didn't you make, like, a comedy movie? Like, that whole sort of thing. And then he went on this huge rant. He's like, comedy isn't even funny anymore because people aren't daring enough to be funny and, like, just goes on this huge tirade, mm-hmm. which I'm like, Come dude, on, I think he's just very much in the mindset of, like, everything should be funny, which I'm like. Uh, Or like you should make you can make a joke out of anything, which I'm like, no, no you can and like and he well there's
2: good comedy and bad comedy
0: yeah
1: (laughs) hundred percent you could have really dark anti jokes that were funny there's none of that with Joker Joker is not funny if
2: you listen to Tosh Point out like Daniel Tosh is very dark Mm -hmm. but he's but here's the thing he practices and he has a punchline this guy he's a psychopath period sociopath
0: narcissist like, I mean he's just he's terrible right And he's but terrible the whole weird thing to me is that climax at the end whenever he starts saying like you can't be funny anymore and like goes on this tirade that Todd Phillips is echoing and like is his whole thesis mm-hmm. and I'm like he's mm-hmm. not even making those jokes like the it's 1970s. Like, my mom didn't like dropping me off at school because I would get bullied and I'm like he doesn't make those jokes why is he the one freaking out about this like it's just Todd Phillips' mouthpiece for that
1: the period piece decision is so bizarre because it's like, okay, do a contemporary movie. You can do it in Gotham City, so it's a different world, but you're sort of echoing the way the world is, right? But it's like but it's a seventies movie. This is not the pro this is not why people rioted. This is not why these things type of things happen. No one went on T V and murdered somebody. That is that was something that happened. Like a guy killed himself on live T V in the seventies, I believe. Like this echoing these things in the 70s but it's like nobody decided that guy's a hero i'm gonna overthrow the system like that's not how anyone acts no
2: yeah it's it's very and that goes back to the the thing we talked about earlier it doesn't fit it's such a clash it honestly if the movie was set present day this is a whole different conversation Mm -hmm. like it totally is yeah it's a modern day film it's a take on okay let's say gotham's a futuristic city Bruce Wayne, now we're looking at Batman being, you know, in 2040. Okay. Uh, then we're having a different conversation. Yeah. The 70s, as much as you want to talk, 70s is in early 80s or whatever,
0: uh, they weren't dealing with this. No, have you listened to stand up from like the 70s? I'm like, dude, there's <laughs> nothing that is held back in that whatsoever. No. So I don't get what he's complaining about. I
1: know. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah, it's bizarre. I don't he doesn't understand how people acted back then. So why are you going to have people act like the internet exists in this movie? That's the only way that any of this makes sense, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Without the internet existing, the way people interact with mass media is so, and it's so weird because like you've got Joker watching TV, right? The obsessive person watching that's, that's been done many times, right? The fan, but then the way that the society reacts is totally contemporary. And so you have this weird mix of like, He sort of vaguely understands how things were, but only from movies, right? He's cobbling together different bits and pieces, and none of it makes sense. And honestly, the world building bothers me a lot because, like, what are you doing? There's never been a seventy, late seventies, early eighties Gotham, so it's sort of something new. But I mean,
0: there's some stuff in the comics, like in
1: the comics, yeah. But it's like
0: from back then.
1: It's not it's subverting so anything that we're familiar with, right? And it's just... Everything's very muddled and, and
2: confusing. Yeah, I think the... Uh, going back to Todd for a sec. I, I mean, I think he he took the... I think he made a good point. He took the Joker franchise, or the Joker character, to make the movie. He wanted to make a mental health movie and use Joker for it. And I, I, and I think they're making a second. Are They, doing they are. A sec- yeah. They are doing a second one? Mm-hmm. So, maybe... I've got so many thoughts
0: and I know we got a lot to
2: talk about. So I'm you're good.
0: Up. You know, you're good man. Dude, we're all <laughs> we're all about apart, talking. Man. Okay. Oh, so this is the point I was getting to okay. whenever I was talking about King of Comedy. The great thing about King of Comedy is you have like no idea what is real in that movie. There are points <laughs> where you're like, "Oh, this is a dream." Like whenever he goes to his 100%. like his um mansion, I'm like, yeah. "That's a dream. Like how do you get the how do you get the address?" And the way it turns out, you're like, "Oh, no." That's real. And real. but then there are other points where you're like, maybe this is fake. Oh yeah, it is fake. Okay. Maybe this is real. Nope, it's fake. And which is very cutting so edge
2: for the that movie came out in eighty three. Yeah, let me let me double check 84? that. Eighty two. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Totally <laughs> off. Um no, but you're right. Though there is a little bit of a Oh, it's I mean such a better movie. <laughs> it is, okay? Yeah. It is. Because it is one, it's original, it's cutting edge. And like you're saying, the is it is it a dream? Is it not? This movie, you clearly know what's well, not clearly. I will defend a little bit of the movie. There are things yeah. I like. But yeah, you are questioning much more in King of Comedy. Yeah. And even Taxi Driver. Yeah. And we haven't even talked that yet. We're kind of okay, in the headspace, where are we going? This movie, I thought, was
0: very easy to de- decipher. Mm-hmm. You're just like, mm-hmm. okay. even <laughs> Even the first scene of King of Comedy, you're like, is this real? Like, when he gets mm-hmm. in the car with him, you're like, oh, this is like his dream, and then it's going to get cut to reality. And you're like, oh, no, that's real. Like, yeah. he actually <laughs> met him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything ties in. But
1: in that... It's like a puzzle, right? You're trying to it it matters to the character, it matters to the story, what's real and what's not. And so you feel like there's there's a weight to it. This is like yeah, it's just like, okay, is it all fake? Is some of it made up? Is he embellishing? Who cares? It has no consequence. This isn't like he's trying to cover up some darker story. He's so horrible in this story anyway. So it's like there's no there's no weight to that sort of work of picking out what's real and what's not, because there's, it has no consequences for this, the character of the story.
2: Yeah. I mean, even the, the, the girlfriend part of the film, I felt like, and you can correct me on this, but would be like six, the 65th day of shooting. was mm-hmm. like, hey, here's an idea. Maybe we bring in this girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with the story. Nothing. Nothing at all. Besides the fact that you have ooh, a little twist. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I think that was added much later, in my opinion.
0: Maybe, but they, they said they stayed pretty close. well, no, that's not true. Because Zazie Beats, who has nothing to do in this movie and is a total like waste of talent for this, because she's incredible. But she was saying that they they were changing things up a lot, but I do think they kind of stuck to like maybe the greater frame of things. So I think there was initially supposed to be a relationship. Maybe the way that they panned it out was different. Mm -hmm. But also, okay. I hate the Thomas Wayne subplot where he thinks he's his father. I'm like, this has nothing to do with the movie. And so much of the movie is devoted to that. And it's just not interesting. Guess what? He's a jerk too. Everybody's a jerk.
2: (laughs) Of course, Thomas Wayne's a jerk.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Come
2: on
1: that bothers me too because he goes on TV and he's like these men were heroes and yeah yeah, or these men were good men and and it's like yeah everyone would be like yeah he's right somebody got murdered on the subway that sucks but instead the reaction is no the world is like Thomas Wayne you suck and they never show why you're supposed to not like the rich back then right it's just supposed to be Mm -hmm. so self-evident that you want to eat the rich and it's like this is the seventies. Like there's a lot of civil turmoil eighties. I keep saying seventies, but early late seventies, early eighties. That era, there's a lot of civil turmoil. And this that has not happened the way that that this movie pretends it would happen. Nowhere close.
0: No. I I percent agree. Also, who is Todd Phillips to be like eat the rich? I'm like, dude, you're a millionaire. Why are you <laughs> saying this? Like you well, have no grounding for this. <laughs> you can't. I mean, as far as the personal. The personal side of Todd Phillips.
2: I mean, I get what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. I I genuinely do. Uh, but it, it, like I said, it's a, it's just a rip off. I mean, I not that I want to just keep ripping the film mm-hmm. because I think I think what kind he of seems like you is do. phenomenal. Like I think as an actor, mm-hmm. he's great. Uh, I think he plays. I wouldn't even say he plays Joker because he's not even Joker. He really isn't. I wouldn't even put him in the category of Joker. Yeah, I would put him in the category of mentally unstable person.
1: He's not a Joker. He's a smoker. Yeah, he's
2: not. Yeah, he's not a. He's a not that I would Joker. even talk about Jared Leto being a Joker either. No, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. But I would say with the three, we got Nicholson. Yeah. I would. I really would. It, for our era, I'd say Nicholson and um, Heath Ledger and then now we have Joaquin Phoenix Mm -hmm. I would say you have Nicholson who was a comical Joker Mm -hmm. not realistic played a very straight to the comics straight to the comics very Nicholson yeah you know Nicholson is Nicholson Uh, (laughs) and then you have Heath Ledger who is I don't want I'm going to say this a perfect Joker not Mm -hmm. because I'm like oh he's so great and I'm sad he passed away. I thought he played a great role. I mm-hmm. thought he played a realistic Joker. Mm-hmm. He's smart. Mm-hmm. Very, very intelligent. To like on the on the spectrum of like leaning way evil. Yeah. <laughs> but but very together. Then you have this guy, Joaquin Phoenix, who is not together at all. Which doesn't make him Joker. Joker's gotta fight Batman. And Batman's <laughs> hard to fight. And he's as great as Villain And yep. this guy, Batman, would take him out in no time. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what's so strange about this, is that, like, obviously, the Dark Knight is a master class in terms of, like, the mm-hmm. effects that the Joker has on society, right? A little push, mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. goes crazy, and, and he's creating panic, right? You have yep. this same thing here where, like, he kills some people, and then everyone rises up, and but they only rise up because they hate the rich. And why are we supposed to hate the rich? Either preconceived notions coming into the movie, which, fine, but yeah. you don't play to those effectively at all, or he's sort of mean to people. Like, like it's
2: just... It's <laughs> no, you, you nail it on the head. There's no plot. Like, you see in in, in The Dark Knight, you see politicians who are bought. Mm-hmm. You see the mob that controls the city and the banks, and yeah. everything. And all he has, like, he just had, like you said, he just has to, there's not much he has to do. He just has to expose an area and then the rest takes
0: place because
2: everybody it's like us now. We all know. We just need to see a little bit of evidence.
0: Yeah. Well like, I totally agree. In in our Dark Knight episode, one of the things that I was saying of why his character is so terrifying in that is not just because of like the spontaneous like homicidal instincts where he'll just kill mm-hmm. people it's because of how much of his mission is to show Batman you are alone in the world like you can't rely on anyone else and like that's the terrifying part of that and then like (laughs) the triumphant piece of that of like oh no there is still good in humanity plays through in there and so you know it's it's this great more philosophical clash you know and it has that balance of he is crazy yeah he is crazy
2: but he's also very together. hmm Which is what I'm saying. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's, he's doing. He's a mastermind. Whereas with Joaquin Phoenix, he's sitting with, with Murray on the talk show debating. He he decides then and there, hey, I'm gonna shoot this guy. Joker from the Dark Knight, he would have had it planned out. Yeah. <laughs> He'd say, Hey, we're going, you know, the way he steals the font, fi- everything is just very and maybe if we're gonna give the film more of a, like, okay, it is very real. It's more of a realistic side of, I mean, I don't even know. I'm so confused on this question mark
0: film. Like the not, like, ha- people having superpowers sort of thing? No, you know? uh, no. I would,
2: I would just say it on a, on a uh, not that Batman, I mean, Batman's universe really, if we're just sticking to kind of the traditional, it's not really a superhero. There's not a lot of superhero involvement. Mm. The traditional Joker, Batman. Okay, mm-hmm. Batman doesn't have any superpowers. He's super rich. He's smart. Has you know, right? Can fight. You know, Joker is a criminal, right? A smart criminal who has guys that work for him, mm-hmm. and he's going to create a scheme that's going to you know is realistic. Mm-hmm. This and and I know we're just talking about Joker. Go ahead.
1: I'm going to shut up. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Like I actually think his performance is the problem. Is that his performance is so good? You really do get into his. His arc And that's realistic. And it just, it's jarring with how everyone around him molds themselves to him, right? Which would point itself to be the whole thing is made up. But then at the end, you don't get some sort of hook to that, some payoff of like, here's why, or like, you know, he actually did this, right? It's just, it's so ridiculous that you just immediately go to, it's all made up, right? And it feels like there's no stakes. But yeah, it's that, that weird jarring contrast between how unrealistic everyone else is and how human his character is, I think, undermines this movie more than anything.
0: I really don't know why Phillips made this movie. He's, he yeah. says it a bunch <laughs> of times in the interviews. But I'm like, so this is like my big like criticism with it being like a 70s scorsese movie Mm. the reason why taxi driver and king of comedy works so well is because scorsese was a down on his luck guy just Mm. thrown away and had something to say like he was in if you read about the making of taxi driver it is crazy the mental state that he was in with that like he was suicidal all throughout filming that and was just like so fed up with the world. And there's like, there's this actual pain that goes with it. Whereas like Phillips is like, I think this would be interesting to look at like mental illness, which like also (laughs) don't get me started on that because this honestly reminds me a lot of M. Night Shyamalan where they Ooh, use one? I'm just like uh, just in um, general, like the, the village, village and split and that sort of thing where they use mental illness as a way to promote. They're like, oh, if you're mentally ill, that leads you to a cr- uh, life of crime, which is no. not true uh, at yeah. all.
1: His gospel, his story that he's telling is so ridiculous. It's stop <laughs> cutting government funding for mental health no. programs. Okay, we're with you, Todd, because it hurts people. Okay, yes. And then they will become murderers. Oh, okay. That's not no. <laughs> like, he's trying to make a point about mental health, but he's ignoring the fact
0: that people there. Nothing to by do ses- with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes it more problematic.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially in like a. I mean, to really put it in perspective, if we're gonna go, because as real as the movie he wants to make, and as current as it is, like we're talking. Let's say Gotham's Chicago. There's 60 shootings in Chicago every weekend. Subways, whatever, okay? It doesn't make sense. It does not make sense that three killings on a subway would start this revolution, like you're saying. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, it, there's no way.
1: <laughs> if a bunch of rich people... Because that's the whole thing, right? Violence happens to the poor. Violence happens to the dispossessed, right? That's where the violence of the... And, by doing it in the 70s there's a little bit of a sense that back then in New York especially that the violence sort of was everywhere right like uh mm-hmm. compared to now where you can live two separate worlds right the um the separation of the powerful and the those that don't have anything uh is so stark right there's none of that in this though and so you're it's sort of implied and yeah he just doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't know He doesn't know how to show that, but he's sort of like, yeah, this feels a certain way. So I'm going to pull from this. And yeah, he hasn't lived a day in his life down in his luck
2: like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the, like, realistically, do we think three stockbrokers were going to beat the,
0: you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. beat them up on a subway? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, even more so the kids at the beginning who like run and take his sign and then chases after him, which is is, is honestly a rip for me. Just to be like, uh, I've got a couple movies I want to talk
2: about because I think there's more that they rip off. But yeah, uh, Sleepers. Hmm. I don't know if you guys ever saw Sleepers. Mm -hmm. There's a great, I mean, it's a very heavy movie. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. But there's a great scene about a bunch of kids Mm -hmm. that made a mistake. In a younger, you know, they're probably, gosh, teenagers, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. They make a mistake that ends up changing their life at the beginning of the film. And it, it's kind of like when I'm watching it, I think of that because you have these kids, they're running on the street. They're like, hey, this would be funny, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's just a ticking time bomb. Okay, here we start. Here's another thing that happens to this guy. Uh, but yet it's still that the way they, I'll say, Sleeper is believable. This movie, the way that they, <laughs> oh, hey, we'll steal this guy's sign and then beat him up like that. I don't know. I
1: Everyone the... is so awful. <laughs> like it's so over the top. It's ridiculous. Well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well also, okay, so whenever yeah. I watched that that scene in theaters cuz that was the, the scene they showed so much in like the trailers and all that okay. and I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay, yeah." And then like whenever I watched rewatched this movie, I was laughing from that. Not not in like um that sort of a way, but if you listen to them, there's one kid who's just like kick him Beat him up. Beat him up. Take yeah. his stuff. Yeah. Kick him. Kick him harder. Beat him up again. Like, literally saying that. And I was like,
2: All right, cut. Why did we you run that again.
0: <laughs> you're, not, you're not saying kick him hard enough.
2: <laughs> it's so bad. It is so bad. Like, not serious at all. Yeah, very, very serious. Yeah,
1: it, this movie has no understanding. Todd Phillips doesn't remember the 70s.
2: <laughs> How old is Todd Phillips?
1: I
0: don't even know. He was alive. Or he said he grew up in, like, New York in, like, late 70s and 80s yeah. and that sort of thing. So he's like, this yeah. is the New York I remember. I'm like, yeah. is it really, Todd? Is it really? Well, to go back to even Scorsese, I mean, and here's the
2: deal. There's a reason why Taxi Driver's is a classic and this movie will not be a classic. It had a lot of buzz. We're talking about it on your podcast. Right. Uh, which is fair. And I don't want to just discredit the movie because there are some really good things that happen in it mm-hmm. that are aside from the plot and the storyline and the way you know things that transpire. I think the way it's shot is very good. Yeah. Also ripoff, but very good. <laughs> the music editing's great. Transitions are great. Like it's it's a well done movie. It's yeah. a rated R DC film, which I love, because <laughs> I don't ever get that in the superhero world, right? which I wish that we had. I mean, I think DC's got a great opportunity to go that direction. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'll tell you this. Since we're on Batman, the, even the latest Batman, I really enjoyed because it is more of a darker... You have a... Gosh dang, it's driving me crazy, but I want to see Batman as, a, as also a weirdo. Yeah, he's a weirdo, mm-hmm. which I kind of got from the latest Batman. Yeah. You finally realize that this guy's an orphan; he's mentally also not really stable,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and he dresses up like a bat and beats up people in the evenings. Yeah. Okay, give me that. Don't don't fantasize this thing. As much as I love Nolan's Batmans, they're a separate deal. Mm-hmm. If we talk about characters like this film, give me that. Which they yeah. do give a side of Joker that I could see it being more realistic. Okay, you got this unstable guy. Everything, you're seeing it from his perspective, like you're saying. Everything is told from a narcissistic point of view. World against me. What do I have to do? And, and I know I'm, I'm, I, I, the one note I wanted to talk about... <laughs> yes, yeah, go for I'm it. No, go for it. Is uh, and, and this is... Gonna, I'm curious. I want to hear both of you guys' perspective on this. Is the bathroom scene... Where he sees Thomas Wayne for me was The Shining. He sold himself to the devil when he walked in there and he confronts Thomas Wayne. The way it's shot, oh, which yeah. is also a rip, just like The Shining, the way the ch- checkered thing, I thought he kind of went there. That's the turn of the movie. Once he finally hears from him, this guy really is an ass, you know, or he's ass in his mind. It's Thomas Wayne, he's got to be great. Uh, <laughs> no, but he. He goes off the rails from there. Everything spirals. Everything's already spiraling. That hits that, and then it's just like a wash. I'm just curious, what you guys think?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I almost want to maybe rewatch the. I don't want to, but rewatching the movie with that frame would be interesting because watching this, I just didn't feel like there was any arc to his character. Right? Like, is his life getting better after he kills the guys or worse? Sort of both. And then he's like happy, but also he's not taking his meds. Like it's very. (laughs) Where am I going to get my (laughs) meds? Yeah, it's supposed to be a descent into madness, but he also has a girlfriend, but he doesn't. And none of those revelations ever hit with any impact. And it never feels like, oh man, this is the thing that's going to put him over the edge. He starts the movie over the edge, right? And there's not really a sense that like, oh, he was not violent before, and now he is. He he learns that he likes to kill people. Okay. And that's yeah. sort of it, right? So he's just meandering from plot point to plot point. But that's interesting. there's before and after that
2: scene. There, well, like I said, it's slight. I'm just saying he's thinking about it, even though he's killed people. What happens is, and the only reason I say that is when he goes on the Murray show, he has a confidence about him that is different from the rest of the movie. Yes. And he, it's almost like something clicked in his brain that is like, you know what? I'm going to kill you. And I don't care, versus the before. It's like, man, why is this stuff happening to me? Why, you know? And then you get it. I like. I, I thought the movie, and I could always say this, but the movie could have been longer, and there could have been a not not, in, not that I love this movie. I wanted Just take more. the girlfriend
0: stuff out and the yeah. Thomas Wayne. Stuff I
2: wanted more. That. Yeah, I wanted more of a uh, before the shooting on the on the train.
0: Yeah, there needed yeah. more. There yeah. needed to
2: be more of a build to him finally realizing that, you know what, I can actually do things. Because, you know, he has the point of saying, you know, is my life, am I even real? You know, he questions himself. And so I see that kind of spiraling in his brain and then seeing that, hey, I just shot three people and it's on the news and people are responding to it. So maybe I do have a voice, which goes back to our first conversation about yeah, not great timing. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. not great. That's happening every day. Mm-hmm. And the media fantasizes these things and you have copycats and then it's boom, 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 boom. It's not good.
1: The movie almost does it's like, okay, initially the first killing, second killing maybe is is justifiable, and that third one is cold-blooded murder, right? Because he's chasing after him. But it doesn't matter like that, that there's no change in him. Like he's just a violent guy who's again, it, there's this, a lack of knowledge of there's no snap. He doesn't snap. He just sort of does something and then it doesn't bother him. And then the not bothering him, he has to talk about it. Cause it's not clear visually that something has changed. But he have to say out loud, I'm not, I'm fine. It's not bothering. And it's funny. You mentioned the, the Batman though, because I almost feel like when this movie came out, it did get good. Reception, not great, but like there was mostly positive feelings about it because of what was well done, right?
2: I mean, it won an, um, it won an Academy Award,
0: <laughs> yeah, it won the, it. the top award at the Venice Film Festival, yeah. I mean, Golden Line,
1: but I, I almost yeah. feel like post the Batman, the Batman has retroactively made it worse because hmm. the Batman does so much of what it, this movie does well better,
0: yes, and totally yes. condemns it,
1: yeah. yeah. The feeling, the feeling of, the, of the grungy city doesn't have to be the, 70, the 80s, 70s. It's contemporary, and it still feels like the most, probably the most authentic feeling Gotham
0: ever in film, I think. It's amazing. Man,
2: have me on it's amazing me. that one if you guys want to do it. Dude, yes. <laughs> I, no, I totally agree. They have a great, uh, they do a great job with the mob scene. And the underground, the way they do Penguin is a realistic mobster. Mm-hmm. Thank God they finally got that right. You know? The the, the, the dinginess and the brokenness of the
1: city, yes. you get to see it. Whereas in this, it's just like, things are dirty, there's trash on the sidewalk, and people are mean to him.
2: That's it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, which, your point about like, okay, nobody's, nobody's dealing with that constant. Like, I get, okay, okay, you have one bad day. You're a clown. Somebody Breaks your stuff, okay, or whatever you bring a beats, gun to a beats hospital. you, yeah. you get jumped. I, I, I can visually see that, okay, whatever. Your boss is like, Hey, this didn't happen, you're on warning, okay, but then everything else, I'm like, No way, yeah, it's not even realistic. As, as realistic as they want to make the movie, that is just so far from it.
0: Totally, I totally agree. Uh, I, I have two points that I'm glad then, that you brought up the kind of transformation of him at the mm-hmm. end, because yeah. that to me was really confusing. Cause throughout almost the entirety of the movie, he kind of has like this like childlikeness to him. Like when he does like the stand-up routine. Oh, he's like my, and, yeah, all yeah, that like, stuff. my yeah, mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like my mom like told me yeah. that I was supposed to bring bring happiness and joy into the world. Yeah. And then his shift into like Joker at the end and just like the darkness of him and that and just like the way he talks. I'm like what's going on? Why is there this dramatic shift where yeah. I get it's supposed to be, yeah, it's a loss of innocence, but it's like, wasn't that what was going on throughout his entire life? Like, why is it just completely gone then? And it just, mm-hmm. there are pieces of that where I'm like, it's good acting and that's what kind of masks it. Yeah. But if you look at it from mm-hmm. a character perspective, it doesn't make any sense. No. And, and that's where they, they should have made it. a ten part Netflix show.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree that, HBO Max show about his descent into madness would be a lot more compelling. And frankly, you could fill a lot more time with some of the stuff. Hey, than totally trying to make it a and movie. make it and go
2: dark. If it's if HBO picks it up, go dark with it. Yeah. Give me give me a, a, a timeline too. the timeline in this movie is very Weird. questionable. The only time I think the only thing you hear is like a week when he gets the call about. Can we do it next week? Is like, that's the only time you get of like, okay, how is, you know, how are things progressing? Which is very, I don't know, with a movie like this, you want to, one thing about taxi drivers, he's methodical, man. He's thinking about these things. You, you know, like, and I, one of the biggest rip offs is, you know, when he's in his apartment and he's got his shirt off, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously we're going to talk this and he's, Working out, and you know, in this movie, he's dancing or he's at least visualizing himself uh, differently. John's doing the dance for the the audience members, you know. And like I said, Joaquin Joaquin did a great job. Okay, he sells the person, but the storyline I mean, think about the movie. Here's a question if you could have another director that's not Scorsese do this movie, who would you have do it? And like I mentioned him earlier, I would have Fincher do this movie. Mm. Give yeah. me Fincher, break this movie down. I'm telling you, you're gonna get a freaking one dark movie,
0: but also compelling and great storyline. Well, and he's the master of like what is going on, like Fight Club, Seven, all that sort of the game. You're just like, what is real? Like what, what is, is real?
2: Happening? And and that's kind of where I I, I mean, that's man, directors are important. <laughs> On that side of things, and you brought up Scorsese, I've heard of him in an interview talking about Taxi Driver. He was, I mean, dude, he is, a lot of uh, De Niro's character in that movie is Scorsese. Oh, yeah. Which is, makes that movie even more like, because I love Scorsese. And, you know, now it's like, oh, he's, you know. <laughs> but it's like, dude, he was struggling. He struggled writing that movie and did a fantastic job it's authentic yeah you can feel the authenticity
0: in the movie and one of the things that makes travis bickle more compelling is like he's Mm -hmm. not woe is me the whole entire time because (laughs) that joker's just like man my life sucks no one takes me seriously or sees me Mm -hmm. and then the thing that makes taxi drivers so interesting with that is like he's genuinely angry yeah and like he's it's not like bad stuff is happening to him i mean he has a crappy life That's just like straight out there. It's a horrible life. And the whole girlfriend stuff, Mm. I like that that doesn't turn him into an incel or anything like that where he's like, now I'm going to go shoot people or something like that. It's like it just (laughs) what that serves to the character is it makes him more alone and like puts him more with his thoughts and like cuts him off from humanity instead of it just being like, oh, man, this girl won't date me. So now, you know, I'm going to be a psychopath, you know, like it doesn't Mm. do any of that that I feel like this movie is kind of like, everything is like an inciting incident for him in this movie. And for Taxi Driver, it's like, this is just like life for him. And it gets it to a boiling point, but yeah, it's a but slow you also, burn.
2: And that's the montages of him even going to the gun range. He's practicing. I mean, one of the biggest beefs I have in this movie is that, one, okay, he's got a he's got a 38, six shots, okay? He fires like 11. Yep. In the scene on the yeah. subway, okay? Which i always nitpick, okay? But here's the thing. Take the time and make it... If you're going to make a real movie like that, it's not like we're watching Taken, okay? It's realistic. Take the time to make... Okay, I love that in Taxi Driver. You're seeing the guy. He's methodically... He's going to the movie theater, which you get I mean, they, they rip off this... I mean, that movie. Mm. There are a movie, <laughs> But there, you see him methodically thinking... This movie does not. You just have him dancing like you're doing. It's just... yeah,
1: he, sne- he sneaks into the movie theater. That's the only thing he does. <laughs> yes. That's like the the gears are, are turning. And yeah. it's sort of like his plan still doesn't make that much sense. Like, I'm going to go into the theater, dress as a bellboy, wait till he goes to the bathroom, and then talk to him. Okay. Yeah. That's the only thing he does. The other one is, I'm going to go to his house. Okay. <laughs> And then when he goes on the show, it bothers me a lot, actually, that Murray, the way he acts, like, he acts like, hey, uh, we should not have this clearly mentally unstable guy on live television dressed as a clown when there's a freaking riot outside with everyone's celebrating murder by wearing clown makeup. Like, today that would not happen. The 70s, it certainly would not happen because it's convenient the world morphs itself to what this character needs to happen and all of a sudden murray wants to have him on to make fun of him i guess but he doesn't really make fun of him that he's
0: filming that nightclub though what is that supposed to be how does that nightclub film him and it's then true. send it into the show and then he's like that, wow look at this like, crazy thing like
2: like i said that, that's the problem with where the time is set. Yes, you make a, You bring up a great point about uh, the fact that that he would even have him on the show back in. They weren't worried about ratings. Where were they? Like they do today, night? where you're competing. Like, hey, we need to get that guy on so we get some ratings. Okay, back in the seventies, you had Johnny Carson. You had just shows that people watched. They didn't have a ton of selection. That that's what's messed up. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't have this guy. You wouldn't there. have this guy on there.
1: The only thing that makes sense is if the whole 70s thing is a mirage, and that's him. You blow my mind. You're blowing my mind right now, because you're right. I didn't even think, yeah, it's weird that he sends a video in, but they had no, that is literally impossible for that to happen.
0: The way (laughs) that that was
1: viral, that was a viral video that got shown on a a variety show or whatever, a late night show.
0: Also too good of quality for that dinky little comedy (laughs) club.
1: Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. (laughs)
2: There's no way.
1: This is driving me crazy. I did not catch this before. And now this movie has to, in the sequel, be like, actually, it's it's present day. Or continue this idea. Because otherwise, none of this makes any sense
2: whatsoever. Yeah, I I don't think that they're that smart, though. No, they're not. And that's why I'm curious why they're making another one. I honestly think this should have been a one and done thing. Even though they leave it so, you know, the ending. I'm sorry. I'm like, start from scratch. This could have been a separate film. I I don't know where they're going to go. I I really do not. Because he's not smart enough to be Joker. He's not. I mean, the smartest thing he does is he goes, like you said, he goes in the theater and he, you know, that. It's like, no way, man. I mean, you think about, and I hate to compare him to the Ledger opening of freaking Dark Knight. It's a beautiful, original, orchestrated plan about, okay, when you're done with this. You're going to kill that guy. And then you're going to kill that guy. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to kill that guy. It's beautiful. And I've never seen it done in any, other mil, in any other film.
0: I also hate, too, that they have that whole last scene in the psychiatric ward. I'm like, mm-hmm. why don't you just end it on, like, the mob surrounding him? Because either way, you're not having a good message at the end. At least yeah. him surrounded by the mob is more of, like, a shock and awe sort of thing. And then cutting to him, and he's just like oh yeah, like I'm, I'm finally realized I exist. I'm like, why do you need that? If he's yeah, so yeah. so into like trimming it so that way it gets down to like whatever it is. <laughs> Man, John's doing I a great think. impression of. <laughs> I, I get, yeah.
1: I feel good now. It's like, I have a funny joke. That was the entire movie apparently.
2: Yeah, it's uh, like, I got my, my marijuana card. I'm feeling great.
1: And then no. he walks down the hall with blood on his shoes. So he killed her. But then he runs into the left door and then like Looney chase. Tunes, yeah. loose scooby do chase from somebody into another door and then back over. And then it says the end. And it's like, what was that? What was that whole last scene? Uh, yeah. It's
2: just, it's also the tie. I mean, yeah, there's so many facets to that where, and, and, and to give it credit, I did like the scene where he's like, he's laughing and she's like, what's so funny. And he's like, you wouldn't get it. Love that. Okay. But they could have done with the other psychiatrist. At the ending, it was just a little bit like, I enjoyed the first sessions with, going back to like Sopranos, I love the uh, counseling dialogue where she's like, man, this guy's, man, what's going on? You know, I love that. The ending, weird, but also the tie with him knowing Wayne and seeing Bruce as a younger age. it's like, wait a second, no, Joker, in my mind, doesn't care. Yeah. He didn't care until Batman's Batman. And it's like, okay. You know, the fact that he knew it, the Wayne deal and then they tied in the mob and how they showed that brief scene of the clown ripping the, you know, his mom's pearls off and killing them. Oh my God. was terrible. It's like, okay, no, that's, that's Falcone. I mean, that's like everything that comic wise is, it's the mob. It's not a freaking riot with some dude in a mask. But- completely
1: random thing that I, I need to get off my chest, though. Yeah, I yeah. did like the Batman. The ending was a little bit not bad, but weird. The riding little... off with
2: the, the bites?
1: No, 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 the okay. climax in in the Madison okay. Square Garden yeah. rip-off uh, was like just tonally very strange. <laughs> uh, but the whole rest of the movie was amazing. But I realized, because it's like a crime procedural drama, I realized two-thirds of the way through The movie that i was had been confused because in this movie the difference between Falcone and moroni is very important and they're rivals and there's like politicking going on and i was still stuck in nolan where like they're just the same like he's a replacement for the other guy and so i was like oh i registered every time they mentioned one or the other in the entire movie until like two-thirds of the way through i thought they were the same person
2: dude that's hilarious Obviously, my the biggest note was his laughter when he laughs is just pain. That's how he shows pain. Mm-hmm. Would be my my pull for him. Like the condition? or The condition he has, every time you see him laugh, now until the end, he accepts the pain and he actually harnesses the pain. But it's at least in the first half, I would say up to the my transition, if I would call it, it's all pain related. Anytime that there's something that is happening to him, internally that's negative it comes out as a laugh which is original I'll give him that as far as for a, on a Joker sense of like oh hey he's this guy and now he's got this medical condition that actually he,
0: he laughs uncontrollably is very interesting I do think that's an interesting touch Take. to it Yeah, yeah I think my overall question with this movie is like why did it have to be the Joker because like we've mm. said by the end he doesn't feel like the Joker
2: no And even even the way he's his when he's painted up, yeah, dressed as Joker, he doesn't feel like Joker. No, he doesn't. He's just the
1: thing for me at the end is like, how is he going to become a criminal mastermind?
2: No, yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, it's like you can't sell me on that. Nicholson, he's a monster. He knows how business works. He knows how to manipulate people. This guy is a clown. Legitimately, his business, he's he's a
0: signed guy. I'm like. So what happens next? Yeah, Does he get out on the street and then what happened? There's no plan, there's no... Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we've harped on that a lot.
1: The DC universe is so confusing. It makes me mad.
2: And they've got great great, uh, superheroes. First of all, having Snyder be the person that you're running your
1: entire attempt to compete with Marvel with is bizarre, but then that screwed up. So then they brought in everything they've done has been so strange, and it's like Okay, now we're getting a Joker sequel, but there's also the Batman that's separate from the main movies. It just makes for very confused world building. And it's strange because now we're having a situation where there's an instinct of like, oh, you have a Joker movie where they're like, oh, we have to show, we have to show Batman in it. And then you have a Batman movie where they're like, oh, we have to show the Joker in it. And they're separate. They're completely separate. Totally and it's separate. like, oh my gosh, it's too much. Stop referencing Batman three times. Like, there's three separate Batman now. So it's very yeah. <laughs> confusing. We need less Batman.
2: Who did the... What was the... Uh, um, ben Affleck or... No, no, no. I was saying, who did the production on this? Who was the, uh, the studio that did... Warner Brothers. Brothers? Warner Brothers. Warner. And did they do Batman?
0: They they have they, all of the DC properties. The Batman... Okay, so same studio. Yep. They do every... Three separate okay. Batman. I
2: was thinking that it was maybe separate. But man, geez. Do you want to talk about
0: some, like...
2: What's the break room like? Hey, (laughs) what are you guys working on?
0: (laughs) Another Batman. Yeah, and Phillips talks about, like, it's weird because he bashes superhero movies, like Marvel movies, all that sort of stuff, a lot. He's like, Mm. we need less of that. But then he said that one of his pitches for this movie was like, you need to do this whole new line of DC movies. And no joke, this is what he called it, DC Black, where you just focus on one-off Realistic villain movies, which I'm like, okay, you can do that for Joker, you can do that for Lex Luthor. How are you going to do a realistic Clayface movie? <laughs> you're you run out of people instantly for DC. Uh, well,
2: and that's the thing. And if you're going to do Dark, you need, like you said, HBO. You need more time. You can't pull it off to really do it. A dark, dark uh,
1: Two Faces origin has already been done perfectly.
2: Yeah, and you're constantly. I mean, listen, uh, Nolan did. A, he was a wrecking ball with Batman, and, and and I don't even consider it Batman. It's Nolan, man. I mean, he he really did an original take of. I love the first two. I love Begins and I love Dark Knight Rises. I have issues with, but it's still complete. It's a, it's his, it's his look at it. So I, it's tough. It's it's an uphill climb. I mean, when they came out. with Affleck after, I mean, I think that was the, the immediate after. He was
0: the next one, yeah. Next, uh,
2: was very... Bad? Not great. No, I mean, and it was different, uh, thank God, but not good. No, it's not good. I'm not even a big, I mean, I like Batman. I'm not a huge super superhero fan, uh, as far as films go.
1: It's just overwhelming, because you have every version of, oh, let's subvert Batman a different way now, all happening at the same time. And it's just like it's too much.
2: It's too confusing for the kids. Yeah. When I was growing up, we had Spider Man. I, I mean, had, I knew uh, I grew up. My dad loved, you know, Burton's, uh, you know, original Batman with
0: Nicholson. Uh, and
2: then I watched all the Batman's <laughs> that were, you know, you had
0: uh, Batman Returns is amazing.
2: Re- returns is great, and then you had Forever, which Val Kilmer gave his shot. <laughs> Uh, great soundtrack, Seal, oh, yeah. Kiss from a Rose. Uh, then obviously you have, uh, what's the, uh, uh,
0: Batman uh, and Robin?
2: Yeah, is, but it was Batman, uh, Forever. Fore- no, 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 that was Forever, was oh, no, yeah. Valcomer, it was Batman and Robin. You're yeah, right? yeah, You're right, terrible, very bad. Uma Thurman, I don't know, what was she thinking doing that? Uh, but here's the thing, you have, that's four films, and then you had Spider-Man, was big. Sony still owns, owns Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. X-Men. 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 X-Men were great. Yeah. X-2. I freaking saw that in theater. Maybe I'm, I mean, I, I like certain superhero <laughs> movies, but the Marvel universe has just gone out of control.
1: Yeah. X-Men is the only one with a worse, more convoluted timeline than, than the DC
2: stuff. That That's makes true. me mad too. I'd say a good movie, Iron Man. Original Marvel, Iron Man. Good film. That's about it for me. Out of those. Ragnarok, yeah, I enjoyed Yeah,
0: Ragnarok, But different. Yeah, I often think that, like, late 90s and early 2000s, best era for superhero movies. Superhero.
2: They kept yeah. it, at least, uh, you could wrap your head around it. Yeah. Now it's just, I wouldn't saw Doctor Strange, the uh, multi-universe. Multiverse <laughs> of madness, yeah. Is uh, absolutely terrible. I walked out of a movie theater in a while, and I almost did. Really? That bad. Wow. You guys can disagree with me. It's terrible. Did you guys see it? it. Either you? I haven't seen it. I won't see it. All All
0: right. right. Well, before we do our trivia challenge, final thoughts of ripoff or retelling? I I already kind of... We already know. Ripoff. Ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. I I do have one little point. Especially compare this to like Super 8, which does take things, Mm. but this like literally steals the narrative of King of Comedy and And Taxi Driver. And the way it's and shot. The way it's and shot. Like,
2: the co- with King and Comedy, the coloring, with the, the Murray show, everything about that is, I mean, to a T. And I get you can say, oh, it's 70s. I'm talking everything. Yeah.
1: You got De Niro to be Murray,
2: too. Oh, my which gosh. Is like way of oh, the nose. Oh, you, you got <sighs> De Niro in, in every film. <laughs> yeah. Rip off.
0: Yep. 100%. All right. You guys ready for Trivia and Challenge?
2: Okay. Sure.
0: Uh, question number one. What film does Todd Phillips say was the biggest initial inspiration? A, Psycho. B, The Man Who Laughed. C, Eyes Without a Face. D, Freaks. Or E, M. Gosh,
2: I don't know. Psycho. Oh, I've got to go Psycho, too, because I don't know any of the other films.
0: It's incorrect. It's The Man Who Laughed, which was a oh, okay. silent film. But yeah, if you look at a still of it, it's this guy whose like, face is stuck in this big grin. And so, which is also part of the inspiration for the original Joker. Original Joker. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
2: Well, that's kind of even, that's his, him saying
0: that's what he it said. Is. That was like one of the first inspirations, which I'm like, I mean, it's Taxi yeah. Driver and King of Comedy.
2: That's, that's it. King of Comedy. I would, I'm sorry. That's just,
0: Yeah. All right. Question number two Joker received 11 Oscar nominations and won two. Which of these two did it win for? A, score, B, adapted screenplay, C, makeup, D, costume, E, leading actor, or F, cinematography? And there are two correct answers.
2: So I'm going to go makeup and
0: lead actor is for me.
1: Makeup and costuming.
0: Final answers? Yeah. Yep. That's you got one correct. It Dang is it. score and lead actor.
2: Oh, I said oh. I so was makeup. From- so I I said lead actor. Yeah. Oh you yeah, got, you right. got lead actor. So it was it was score, original score. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. He won Best
1: Actor for the Yep.
0: He did. He did.
2: And he had a very wow. interesting uh, uh, speech in speech. It. Yeah. You need to go back and rewatch that.
0: Yeah. All anyway. anyway. right. <laughs> Next question. Which of these actors have not voiced the Joker? A. Alan Tudyk, B. Zach Galifianakis, C. Sam Rockwell, D. Mark Hamill, or E. John DiMaggio. One of these have not. not the uh,
2: Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell.
0: Oh, really? You're confident on that?
2: I was going to go Galifianakis because I have not heard him do it.
0: Final answers. Yep. Yep. It's Sam Rockwell. Tate, when did he do it? Lego Batman
1: movie. Lego Batman oh dude <laughs> dang it
0: great movie
2: wow great what Batman a Miss. total miss
0: great Joker all right here's your challenge so I'm kind of giving you the first answer in this but Joker is the highest grossing R-rated movie can you list the 10 highest grossing R-rated movies Deadpool that's number three and there's one on here that I gotta
2: say, Saw Saw's gotta be on there.
0: No, grossing mm-hmm. dang it. Yeah, there's one on that here gross. that I've never oh, heard of shoot. before. It's a Chinese film that came out like last year. Um, so we're gonna skip number five and do number 11 instead. What is number five? <laughs> Detective Chinatown 3.
1: Forget it, it's Detective Chinatown 3. You're literally saying, you're literally saying. We're going to do top 10, but forget it.
0: It's Detective Chinatown It's China Detective
1: Chinatown
2: 3. Um, we need a Jake on here. We're gonna there's a
0: surprising amount of superhero films in here.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Of, that are rated R. Okay. De- Deadpool start. 2? Yep, Deadpool 2 Deadpool is number 2. They're both rated R, I forget. Uh, Logan.
0: Logan's, Logan! Logan's on there. It is. Dang it. It's, good. Good. it's number 7. And sorry, nice. Detective Chinatown 3 was number 6. There are two sequels on here.
1: Including Deadpool 2.
0: Oh, sorry, two other sequels. Aliens? No. Nope. No,
2: both of them? Jeez.
0: I don't think this is adjusted for inflama- inflation, but I still don't think
2: Aliens would be on there.
0: Inflammation, um, yeah. You
2: thinking Friday the 13th?
0: Friday There's the only 15th. one horror movie on here, okay. and it's fairly recent. Uh, John, I don't know if this would tip you off, but I hate this movie. Oh, No. It's based off a book.
1: Is it a Stephen King?
0: Yes. Oh, shoot. It's It. Would, is It. It's, it's Was it. it R? Mm-hmm.
2: Was it. it really? It. Part one or part two? Is that the sequel? The first one. First one is. Better than the second one.
0: It is number five.
2: The IT crowd. The IT crowd.
0: There's two comedies in here. And a director shows up twice.
2: Oh, this. well, it's got to be Hangover.
0: No. Hangover. hangover
2: Part Two. Yes, was part three. more than. Oh, yeah, that would make sense because it
0: was number nine.
2: A... Okay, so Hangover, Hangover I mean, Part. You said the director three. shows up.
0: Was well, that including Joker? That's Todd Phillips. Yeah. Todd Phillips doing
2: Joker in that. Yep. Okay, got it. Um,
0: two of the highest-grossing R-rated movies. Number eleven is another comedy.
2: Can you give me a decade?
0: I think it's two thousand ten.
2: Maybe it's Jack like and right Jill on the cusp.
0: Yeah. No, that's PG thirteen.
1: Should be hard so it less children be. can see
0: it, so less people could see it. And uh, the director is also a person I don't like. Mark Wahlberg is in it.
2: Oh, uh, oh, uh, is it pain and gain. Nope, the other guys,
0: nope, nope. Good uh... guess, but a million ways to die in the west. <laughs> oh, you're close, you are very close. That same director, I don't know what... Ted,
1: Ted, 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 too.
0: First Ted. See, I'm Number my, eleven. I'm, this is
2: not my. This is not
1: hey, my category. He should stop making things. This yes. has been my TED talk.
0: <laughs> I've heard the Orville is pretty good, actually. But there is a film that was a surprise massive hit. Uh, rated R. Rated R. Religious.
1: Ooh. Oh, Passion of the Christ. Passion yes. Passion. Obviously. Of course. Get, yeah. That's the easiest one on the list.
0: Number four is a sequel. A sequel to one of the most popular nineties movies. It's part of a trilogy. well, I guess now it's a quadrilogy, but people were very disappointed by the sequels.
2: Damn, I know what this is, and I can't
0: Yeah. I guarantee you both of you have seen this. Oh
2: man.
1: Matrix. Re- revolution. That was
0: ninety nine? The original Re- Matrix is ninety nine. Would have been Matrix rebooted. Reloaded. Matrix was reloaded. the highest reloaded. grossing
2: r, r-, r-
0: yeah it's it number was number four? four on the list oh what a
1: flop wait so the first one is PG- the first PC one is not made. it
0: matrix reloaded is though
2: which came out in like oh, 2001 oh they all are yeah.
0: they are yeah but they really all really are oh, okay.
2: mm-hmm. wow man reloaded what a, yeah those two they're disappointing i don't think it's all the latest ones not, i haven't not great <laughs> it's not worth it just watch the, the first one again
1: morbius morbius, morbius is yeah right. Oh, oh yes. was I was ten dollars speaking of leto right no yeah. totally
2: flopped did you see it no oh. i i saw the, the <laughs> no, they showed stop. him flying in the trailer and i was it's like so bad I'm like what are you doing in the like, subway and i listen i love leto everything besides superhero i mean give me him in american psycho all day long do you like me? him yeah. in
1: house of gucci did you all like him in the
0: costume? <laughs> this is the I've second watched. time in a row you you've done it? that bit.
2: But you know, Dallas Buyers Club is great. Mm. I just, I don't know, man. All right, all
0: right last movie Jimmy. number ten is also based on a book that was Morbius. Way too popular. Yeah, <laughs> that was way too popular.
2: Morbius. Uh, definitely. Uh,
0: um, are you talking about? Came out on Valentine's Day. Harry Potter. Day. Deathly Hallows. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Valentine's
0: Day. Not your typical 3D romance film. I thought it was Deadpool 2. We already said Came Deadpool out. 2 was number two. I
1: know, but that's the only movie that I can think of that Valentine's was like Day? weird movie coming on Valentine's based Day. Based
0: off a book that was based off of another book. I have no idea. That was technically oh, fan fiction of another book.
1: I know. It's uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yep. Or Fifty yeah. Shades More. So can you read off,
0: off the Shades list
2: of from 10 to 1? I'm going to give a thumbs up to the movies that Bottom. are worth a thumbs up. out, out of the 10.
0: All right. Uh, number 11 is Ted. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs down from Thatcher. I don't, I don't
2: care for comedies, really. Fifty Shades of Grey. No, I, I didn't watch it. I didn't see <laughs> Two it. thumbs way up. Never saw it. Two thumbs. Somewhere. We read the book, never saw the movie. <laughs> uh, the book was way better. Yeah, right.
0: All right. Hangover part two. Uh,
2: I haven't seen Thumbs it. down. I like the first one. so I feel. I haven't seen it.
0: Passion of the Christ. Oh, thumbs up. Detective Chinatown 3. Never saw it. Two thumbs up Incomplete. From
2: <laughs> Incomplete. Yes, to see.
0: Uh, it. Uh I'll give
2: that a thumbs up. I enjoyed that.
0: Matrix Reloaded.
2: Uh as a kid, loved it as a old adult now. I'm not a big fan. Deadpool. Uh loved like the first
0: one. Deadpool 2. Didn't see it. Joker.
1: <laughs> These are all thumbs down. Uh <laughs> Joker's down. Joker's
2: a a uh, a thumbs down. It's a thumbs in the middle for me.
0: Yeah. Down some days, up some days. I'll tell you, it mostly hangs first in the First time middle. I
2: saw it, first two times I saw it, did not like it.
0: Yeah.
2: Now that it sounded were. like you didn't like it. There's parts that I think it has potential, which I hate that word because it means you haven't done anything yet. <laughs> um, but it has such a. Phoenix is great. Yeah. I think they shot it great. Yeah. There's so many things in the movie that I think were great, the, the storyline. But here's the thing the directing and the storyline sucked. So yeah, it's a thumbs down.
1: Remember when he lost his mind, but it was just for a bit? Yep. For a movie?
0: I'm still here? Or is it I'm not here? Yeah. Which one is it? I I'm can't remember. i somewhere. He's, he's, he's somewhere. I don't know where he is.
2: Not a good move.
0: I'm on TV and I shouldn't be. Well, I think that wraps us up for this episode then. Cuckoo. Cool. Yeah. That's where you got anything you want to plug?
2: Yeah, uh, for those who want to go check out my band, uh, Sweet 25. Yeah. Check them out. We put out uh, late singles. Gosh, it's been since january but uh be where you are yeah give it a listen we're always jamming out
0: that was the intro song that we played at the beginning of this episode and make sure to listen through the end of this episode to hear the rest of it and you guys are on like spotify Spotify, itunes all that good stuff checks out yep what about social media
2: uh yeah you find us on instagram and uh youtube just sweet 25 band We get some live stuff on there so
0: sweet well we'll put the link in the bio so make sure to check it out there Awesome. And for the next film that we're covering, we're going to be covering Ad Astra uh, slash Apocalypse Now. So this is John's pick. I know he's really excited to talk about this movie. Thumbs he loves it. It's his things. favorite movie of the. <laughs> he, he almost picked it for his favorite movie of the 2010s, but, you know, it just got barely got beat out. Yeah.
2: Oh. Joker? That is <laughs> <Yeah>. not true. <laughs>
0: cool. John, what, any. any Any comment on that, Astra? I'm going to rip that one a new one, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) More like sad dadstra, am I right?
0: Yeah, sure. All right. As always, make sure to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that good stuff. You can find us at Rules of the Frame. That's a great place where you can reach out to us at. I think our email is also on there if you have any questions, concerns, comments, anything like that. If you want to recommend a film, too please do who knows we might end up covering it and it'd also be great if you gave us a rating on itunes that just helps our show to be much more visible and now you can actually give a rating in spotify on the app if you scroll up all the way up to the description of the show there will be a little star there that's where you can give that rating that helps us out a ton or if you just want to share us with family and friends too we greatly appreciate that as well got to say thanks to john for the use of the graphic and to Caden Reed, Ethan Stafford, and Luke Hogan for the use of the theme song and the outro.
1: This has been Film Analysis for a Modern
3: Audience.